Adam Cravens, and Jane Ellen watch more movies each month than most people do in a year. Parental Guidance suggested reviews new movies in theaters with no spoilers promise. These film nerds know their stuff. Hello and welcome to Parental Guidance Suggested. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. And because theaters are not open, we are visiting films that we think you should see or you should see over and over and over again. And to be fair, they were theatrically released. We're just missing, say, that that window by 40 years or 35 years or, or you know, 17 years. Well, this this is kind of a, I don't want to say prequel, this Wow, I just realized the new Ghostbusters movie is not going to be in theaters this summer. No. I really want to see it. Sony has pushed up. It's, well, I mean, if it isn't finished, it's probably about 85, 90% finished. Huh. I mean, it's, and it's not uncommon. Uh, Christmas Story, which is now to be believed a, a, a beloved classic by many, sat on the shelf for like two to three years because... MGM was like, well, nobody's going to want to watch this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that's not the case with, you know, Ghostbusters. Sony has a very different set there. But just because a film sits finished on a shelf doesn't necessarily mean that it won't become a classic. So, other than the fact that Adam and I love Ghostbusters, I think for those who want to get in the right frame of mind, when we get to see the new Ghostbusters movie, which is called Afterlife... I would think the one movie you would want to see prior to it would be the original Ghostbusters because there is a link between the new one and the original. Yes? I would say that there's a very strong... Yeah. Uh, it yes. really... I haven't seen the movie. So but like you've I seen said, the trailer. Yes, I have seen the trailer. <gasps> I'm saying that's what they're... You have a lot of characters that, I mean, you don't understand the, you know, the backstory or the motivation. And there's Paul Rudd. Though, as you beat me too, um, Paul <laughs> Rudd's there, and I need no introduction from him. I don't care why he's there. I, I don't, don't care either. if he's playing Paul Rudd within the reality <laughs> of the film. I don't even care if he's playing a character. Paul Rudd is there. It's justified to me. That's yeah. all I need. Yeah. So I wonder if they would send us preview copy. Hmm? I mean, no, I, I'll yeah. I'll review it, and I can almost guarantee you it's it's going to be positive. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm, I, l- listen, like if anybody is in the bag for this movie, like it, it it's not just a follow up or kind of a spiritual to s- successor to Ghostbusters. And I don't want to start the argument from the 2016 one, but like that film chose not to incorporate the mythology into that, right. and I thought that was a huge mistake. Uh, Force Awakens, which completely acknowledged that the other six films that had come before it did exist Mm -hmm. to huge box office. Mm -hmm. And I really thought that even, I mean, at the bare minimum, they could have just been like, yeah, yeah, 35 years ago, all that stuff happened. Mm -hmm. But like, ghosts haven't been around since then. Not having Bill Murray when you could as Dr. Peter Vinkman, which for all intents and purposes... I think is probably his greatest role. Like, And second to that, what I watched last night, his role as Lawyer Badger in Fantastic Mr. Fox. He, he does the have an affinity. The human children sing an eerie little song. Does have an affinity for Wes Anderson. <sighs> uh, I, I think maybe maybe he's 
Wes Anderson's dad, and they, he know. just hasn't told. But man, Wes Anderson and Bill Murray, they, they love each other. So, the original Ghostbusters came out in 1984. The budget was, let's say, $25, 30000000 million, and it made just shy of $300 million. And I, I, I don't think people can fully appreciate those numbers when you have movies constantly crossing the $200, 300000000 million mm-hmm. barrier. But you need to keep in mind that like these tickets were not... Eight, ten, twelve, fourteen dollars. Like right. you didn't have the the upcharge of going it to might an have been IMAX. Five dollars uh, for the night movie. You think? Well, I'm I'm just saying, like opening weekend for these movies. Like in when uh, Ghostbusters two came out, I think it scored a I want to say like a thirty five forty million dollar opening, and mm-hmm. it was gigantic. Now it was unseated very quickly thereafter, seven days to be exact, by Batman when it came out in 1989. But like, okay, Back to the Future, which grossed $210 million the following year after Ghostbusters, um, opened to like $10 million. Now, back then, you didn't have those front-loaded opening weekends. Mm-hmm. Like, if your film didn't play 18, 19, you know, 30 weeks, like, your film, it just died. Mm-hmm. And this is this is also before you had like a three-month window or whatever for like a video release of it. So, like, it, there's a very good possibility your film, like, just... Nobody picks up on it. No positive mm-hmm. word of mouth. And the promotion on this is going to be the late night talk shows and, you know, maybe some ads, maybe a trailer here and there. And that's about it. Like your film really lived and died on the fact of whether or not it was it was good. Like mm-hmm. if your film wasn't good, you could not get you couldn't get to like. 173 200 million dollars just by front loading the weekend because that just didn't exist then a uh, case in point Beverly Hills Cop that came out the very same year mm-hmm. as that one had plays for I want to say maybe 50 t- it has a ridiculous streak at number 1 like 17 18 weeks can you think of the last film that did 17 18 weeks as the number one film at the box office. It's insane. Because I'm pretty sure the last one that did it was Titanic, if I'm remembering correctly. You get five weekends now, and, like, it's the second coming. <laughs> but, like, with, with like I said, with Ghostbusters, to look at that number right there and understand that, like, Ghostbusters probably opened to $10, 15000000 million, maybe. Like, it had to keep getting people to come back or tell their friends just being you didn't rotten tomatoes didn't exist like there weren't people constantly like updating their social media and just being like oh my goodness have you seen this movie like positive word of mouth is what got this movie to that number i just have to throw this in because i wanted to check something about ghostbusters and this is a whole nother podcast but stripes which predated this stripes came out in 81 also directed by Ivan Reitman and, yeah, well, and starring uh, Bill Murray. Uh, Ivan is making Stripes the TV series. Is is Bill Murray involved? In... It's a reboot for oh, CBS. I'm less excited. Mm. All right. I, anyway. If you're going to delve into like a past... I wish and I a, hadn't read that. And a popular like thing at that... I. I really think, especially if you've got a, a Harrison Ford or a Bill Murray or somebody that still has a presence 30, 40 years later, 
if you are not somehow incorporating that person, even in a limited fashion, the uh, the vacation movie that came out like, I don't know, four or five years ago, mm-hmm. the, the the reboot of it, not incorporating Chevy Chase into that in a huge, significant way. There was a vacation reboot? Yeah, it's got... Um, Clearly, I missed What's it. his face from uh, the Hangover movies? I can't... I can't... Galif- I, uh, is that Galifianakis? Not, not Galifianakis. The uh, Bradley Cooper. Oh, no. Ed Helms. I think it's. I think it's, it's got Ed Helms. Helms. Like he is the the new. He's playing Rusty, but like nobody. I, I was. I know Chevy Chase is difficult to deal with, or I've I've heard, I've read. Uh, I could imagine from from virtually everyone that's ever worked with him or for him has said he is so difficult to be around. How you don't get the guy that is more or less the the centerpiece of every preceding vacation film, not mm-hmm. not including the straight to video ones. Um, I don't understand how you don't get the guy, and he's still alive. It's not like Chevy Chase is like crazy in the wilderness and he refuses to do interviews. Like the guy's working. How do you not get him to do mm-hmm. that? You're listening to Parental Guidance Suggested, brought to you by Hinson Oakley Family Dentistry. Jane Ellen talking with Adam Cravens about movies. Worth your time. Today it is the 1984 film Ghostbusters. So for for those who haven't seen it, what is wrong with you? Anyway, I don't. I, I don't understand. So I do not understand. Bill Murray had left Saturday Night Live four years prior to this. Two years prior to this, he was in Stripes, which was a big hit. And I would say that, of course, this was his biggest hit of all. I can't. I yeah. can't think of. I mean. Groundhog's Day was significant, but yeah. it wasn't it didn't this, do it didn't do Ghostbusters business. Ghostbusters is funny on so many levels. I watched this as a I probably saw it when I was 5, 5 or 6 for the first time. And like at that point the film just play, it was this really fascinating like science fiction movie to me where these guys caught ghosts and i was mm-hmm. just fast and there were some jokes in there and i laughed at them then i watched it like as i as i continued to grow and like i don't know one day when i watched it when i'm 16 i was like oh wait there's another joke in there that went over my five-year-old head mm-hmm. holy cow there's an entire other there, there there is an entire wavelength i missed as this film i mean case in point like there's a there's a very popular uh, animated series that I was, I, I I mean it was religious to me. Like You're I was beholden to it. Like had the toys. Like I made sure that I was eating cereal and watching it on Saturday mornings. Like I was I was addicted to this brand. Like when the second one came out, like had the the NES game. Like made sure to see it like in the theater. And like I, I didn't get to see a ton of stuff. Like young young me would be fascinated to know that like. I'm constantly going to the theater. <laughs> like it was, it was a very special. Like you, you had to be a significant film. Like the Back to the Future sequels, Back to the Future, my favorite film of all time. I did get to see those in the theaters because my parents recognized, hey, he'd probably like that. Ghostbusters was another film that they understood that he's kind of into that. We should, we should take him to see the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I mean, just every bit of media, like the. Everything that you could have, the, the comic book, there was a comic book series. I also read that everything that had that symbol on it, like, caught my eye as a child. And when I say as a child, I mean, it still does now. I, I drive a Lexus. Yes, it's an older model, but it's taken me this long to get one. 
And I love my car. And it has a Ghostbuster sticker on it. I have to fight the urge to buy magnets. I drive a white uh, town and country van, which has a you could. Hatch has a which has a striking similarity to Ecto One. Like not not like an exact duplicate kind of way, but like it's lengthy. Yeah, it's you white. Could carry that off. Right. Well, I have to talk my spouse into that. And being being a nearly forty year old man, um, should be I, easy. I, I don't know how I approach that and successfully, like, stick the landing on that one. Like, I can't think of any good justification besides, wouldn't it be cool? And yeah, um, I obviously think it is. But, like, if you're not if you're not talking to a person that thinks that's intrinsically a cool idea, like cool is not something like you can order and like argue in the courtroom. Like, it's not a fact versus like, you know, things that you can prove. Cool, it just kind of is. And it would be cool, but I, I don't know that I can make that argument and successfully pull it well, off. Well, that's just sad. Her loss. Anyway, uh, Ghostbusters made it because it was cleverly written, and it was a new story. And, you know, it just they didn't say, well, let's kind of take this and do that. They did a whole, they thought of something fresh and new. How exciting was that? Now, to be fair, there was an older live action, I believe, 1950s, 60s series called Ghost Space Busters. Not not space. I mean, there's a space mm-hmm. in between Ghost and Busters. It has a monkey in it, and hmm. there's a... Right. If it wasn't the, simula- Link, the, the similarity, the similarity stopped. Besides the right. fact that they they chase ghosts and they're called the Ghostbusters. Everything about Ghostbusters is funny to me, and Bill Murray, much like Steve Martin, I just have to know he's about to speak because I know it as well as I know my own heartbeat. I know what he's going to say. I know how he's going to say it, and it's it's just the the dopamine is just washing over me, you know. And it also features another thing that, like, and, and he never got the respect that he deserved for the way he could bring out the best in Bill Murray. And like, Bill Murray is usually operating at least on a like nine point nine, anyways. Mm-hmm. Harold Ramis also co-starred and co-wrote this film, and later directed him in Groundhog's Day. Harold Ramis had a way of channeling or funneling mm-hmm. or uh, controlling, handling. I, <laughs> handling I, don't, yeah. I don't know exactly what it is, obviously. Like, I wasn't on the set, but if you will look They're at the hope Murray's, and Crosby. <laughs> if you will look at Murray's uh, filmography and you will look at when he is at, in his best or like even after the two of them stop working together after Groundhog Day, like, I'm going to go ahead and say that like the man who knew too little or like, a significant amount of films that came out in the nineties, they're not they're not of Ghostbusters mm-hmm. quality. And I, I would say some of it may have something to do with like Bill Murray's like notorious difficulty as well. Like sometimes just to get a hold of the guy. Bill Murray has no manager. He tells everyone his phone number. And even celebrities, I know this because they tell me. You no, know, on talk shows, they're saying I tried to reach Bill Murray, and they they have to call this eight hundred number and leave him a message. And I want to say he's got like it's a PO box yeah. that you can send. Me- like it's so unconv. Like the uh, he does not have an entourage. Char- Charlie's Charlie's up. Angels, which mm-hmm. is not a classic no. either of them, any of them. The second Charlie's Angels, they were interested in having Bill Murray back for the sequel, mm-hmm. which 
Uh, he had been in the first the uh, the remake. I think it was two thousand one, two thousand two that it came out. But um, they couldn't get a hold of him. And by the time they were shooting, and I, I think they had filmed the character that uh, he would have been playing again. They had already like used the the person who was filling in for him. Um, that was the reason he's not in the movie. Evidently, mm. just couldn't get, in in the the age of cell phones, email, I, the United States Postal Service. Um, couldn't get a hold of him. Like that's and yet they could find him for Garfield. I now he has said the reason why he was in Garfield is because there is a Cohen that is uh yes that is on there as a writer. Now it's not it's not the Cohen that is the Cohen brothers that did like the True Grit remake, mm-hmm. Oh Brother Where Art Thou, uh, uh Intolerable Cruelty uh, Big Lebowski. That's no. not that one. Just happens to have the same name. I, and the thing is, the guy jokes about so much. I don't know if he is telling that story to mess with people or legitimately he was just fanning through his mail and he's like, whoa, one of the Coens is on a Garfield movie? Sure. I've got to do that. But he's in the sequel too. So I want to say maybe it was just like, you're going to show up for a week and we're going to give you this amount of money. And he's like, eh, Brando yeah. did it. Yeah, Why can't sir. Bill Murray do it? Why not? So Ghostbusters spawned spawned just a, a, a league of rabid fans, of which we are but two. Also has a fantastic theme song. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And I love everything about it. I mean, to, uh, to this day. It's highly quotable. To this day, if I say who you gonna call, like th- there's no question what the next words out of your mouth should be, and like this is what was eighty four, mm-hmm. like this this film has been out for a minute, like it's not it's not a current release, like to to use the parlance of an outdated like colloquialism, it's not on the new release shelf. Yeah, um, if I say I collect spores, moles, and fungus. And someone looks at me blankly. I know that. Well, we're not going to be tight. Are not as not as tight as you could be. Yeah, and uh, I run into it a lot with those who are around the age of twenty, and it just their parents failed them, and there's no reason for that. Now, my sad. I, I am proud to say that my my boys do know, and whenever they see him, they recognize him. Though they do call him, isn't that? Peter Vinkman. Like when when uh, I've got one of the I have a Bill Murray T-shirt. They're like, "Is that a is that a Doctor Vinkman shirt?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's close enough. That's fine with me." Yeah, that's perfection. So I feel like I have let Ghostbusters down in talking about it. I don't feel like I've said anything nearly as funny as Ghostbusters is or how important it is to me. But it, it may <sighs> it really may so just good. be the perfect comedy, like. I can't think of a portion or part of it. I'd just be like, that's really just, I mean, that's just fat. We can cut it right off. Like we yeah. don't, we don't now the, the sequel, I, I don't have as much respect for it though, though I'll argue it is probably at least as quotable. There's a lot of hysterical stuff going on there, but Ghostbusters two is not better than Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. It, it's, I think it's a respectable sequel, but Ghostbusters is very much in a league of its own. What's what's great about Ghostbusters is they're not playing it 
over the top. I mean, Sigourney Weaver, they're actually acting. They're they're taking it seriously. Or I mean, as, as seriously yeah. as you can that 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 concept. But I think that also helps it so that like when you do get to parts where like you you have like Gozer or or like any of that, like it's actually scary. Like the moment where she's attacked in her penthouse. Oh yeah, like, kind of creepy. Holy cat! Like that scared me as a child. And in, in the same breath that like I thought other stuff was funny, like the the scary yeah. moments in this film because of like the honesty of the performances still work. Mm-hmm. The, the the film doesn't just work as a comedy. Like it's not just you know pies in the face and seltzer water. They they do a lot of funny things, but. At, at the same time, it's a comedy. It also works as a straightforward, like, science fiction movie. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I'm not going to call it a drama, but, like, the, there's a believable love story, like, mm-hmm. going on that. Like, it's just, the, the the film really is just about close to perfect. The only distraction for me is when we see Gozer, I always think it's Sheena Easton. And I just see Gozer as Sheena Easton. It's like, well, we can't get Sheena, so we're going to have Gozer. Well, you know who was originally supposed to play Sheena Easton? Gozer. Paul Rubens. Really? And you know. I didn't know for the, that. For those of you who don't know who Paul Rubens is, that, that, that may, may, may <laughs> seem foreign to you. It's Pee Wee Herman. The actor that portrays Pee Wee Herman was originally Tell me supposed this story, to be. Adam. I'm unaware of this. The uh, A lot of the. Ghostbusters went through a lot of different like concepts and like scriptory rights, and at one point, Gozer was going to be as as I recall a uh, a businessman in a suit mm-hmm. played by Paul Rubens, and I'm just like that. Looking back at like in '84, like that's probably not as hysterical because I want to say Pee Wee's Playhouse doesn't. I don't think it comes into vogue until like '85, maybe '86. Certainly, I don't think it was at the point that this was filming, but I'm just sitting there going, do you know what a drastically different movie that becomes? Or uh, Eddie Murphy was supposed to be one of the Ghostbusters, but he had a scheduling conflict which caused them to drop him. Like, he, he had to turn down the film, and he since said in interviews, the only film that he's ever turned down that he regrets is Ghostbusters. Wow. Can you name... The the woman who played Gozer? Not not directly off the top of my head. A Serbian actress named Slavica Jovan. That's why I can't do it right off the top. Like, I saw the jumble of, like, consonants together. The, the times that I've looked at it in the credits, I think I've also just looked at it and went, that must be Klingon. That's, <laughs> that's, ob- that's obviously Klingon. Anyway, uh, Ghostbusters is is always worth another watch because I always see or hear something or catch something slightly different. Oh, it's a, yeah, that thing, that thing is appealing onion. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, another, another, for those of you, the, again, like a lot of these facts have been floating around for a while, but if you're not one of those that watches like every like commentary track or haven't read every book about the making of it may uh, initially John Belushi was supposed to be, in this film, Dan Aykroyd and Belushi were were very famously like mm-hmm. close friends, and after uh, his passing, obviously he can't be in the film, which is what actually brought them to Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's also like an alternate reality where John Belushi it's is Peter in. It's huh. a, now that's a very like Bill Murray and John Belushi, while both hysterical men, have a very different 
style of comedy. Like, right. it, I mean, it would be like trying to interchange the two of them in like 1941. Like, if hmm. Bill Murray played the part he played in that movie, completely changes that performance. Like, I mean, Blues Brothers. Like, while I enjoy it, I, I'm I'm still I'm, I'm going to put this out there because it's it's like thinking of Tom Selleck as as Indiana Jones instead of Harrison Ford. Like, mm-hmm. does it work? I think Belushi would have turned in a funny performance, yeah. but I can't imagine that it's more iconic than Bill Murray in that film. Like, in as much as, like, the X-Men movies are called X-Men, it's really Wolverine and his buddies. Yeah, pretty like, much. And the Ghostbusters films, or at least the the, the two that uh, were made in the 80s, are really Dr. Peter Vinkman and friends. Mm-hmm. Like, he is distinctly the star of those films and like those films don't work without him so the the all girl ghostbusters had funny moments in it i did not hate the movie of course it's not it's not like this i wasn't as excited about it even though it's full of talent i thought it was fine Melissa McCarthy, actually, everybody involved in that is really funny the director like um melissa mccarthy and paul is it feig or feig I can't. I, I, I can't. don't recall either way. They did yeah, bridesmaids. Mm-hmm. Bridesmaids is hysterical. Yes, that that movie is funny. I think what happened whenever I watched this movie and what really just caused me to be displaced from it is that it was called Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. and you cannot. It could never escape the comparison, at least in my head, to the original. All I'm doing is sitting there going, yeah. But they did the, you know what they did in the first, like, yeah. if it would have just been, a, you know, un, un, untitled, like, sci-fi comedy, mm-hmm. I I would have went away with it. I would have just been like, yeah, y'all should watch that. that yeah, that works. It's funny. M- Melissa McCarthy is, she's a funny girl. Yeah. But they called it Ghostbusters, and, like, the, f- the five-year-old child that, like, just fell in love with that movie could not... Like, I could not betray my first love. I'm just like, I'm sorry. Like, guys, I get it. You're funny, and I enjoy this, but, like, my my heart belongs to another. So what we have in front of us is Ghostbusters Afterlife. We have the Ecto-1, which is the vehicle, the ambulance-looking vehicle, the hearse ambulance thing. Which was it, hearse or ambulance? Was it an old ambulance or old I think it's an old ambulance. Old ambulance, okay. So we have that being found by, by... um, what looks to be Egon's children or grandchildren, like that kid looks way too much like yes. Egon to not be like a Spangler, like mm-hmm. adjacent. Yes. And yeah, from watching it, I'm not sure if the girl is a child or grandchild, but something, something is going on and Paul Rudd. So it looks to me like Ghostbusters Afterlife is taking the right turn in that even down to they're like, connecting it. Even down to like some of the sound effects. Mm-hmm. Like I am a person that like when when I hear like the mm. or or the 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 packs like turning on like I recognize that sa- like it it is intrinsically part of the soundtrack of my life and I can pick that thing out of a crowd. Even down to some of the things they are doing in the preview, like we're just setting me off as a fan of these films, or mm-hmm. like that that moment where like they he pops out, like apparently like there's a there's a gunner seat and it's like yes. on springs and like you hear like the 
ecto like peeling rubber mm-hmm. or like doing a I don't I don't think that's a one of those turns from the Fast and the Furious movie. Is it a Tokyo Drift? How how does one Tokyo Drift? I don't know. It's a Ghostbuster Drift, and I am thrilled and excited. It's about It's a Proton it. Drift. Yeah. So Ghostbusters, nineteen eighty four. Take some time, watch it, appreciate it. And if you only watched it once, what is wrong with you? Watch it again and see how much more you pick up. Especially if you have not revisited that film in a number of years. Like Mm -hmm. if you watched it as a child and kind of put it away, check it out. There's a really different film. And I I, I, like adult is not the word I'm Mm -hmm. looking for, but like. The jokes in that are mature to the point that, like, there's plenty of six-year-olds that are not going to get the subtle nuance of some of the jokes in that movie. And, I mean, honestly, as much flack as the second one got, it's actually a funny movie. Like, I, I, I've, I own every re-release of it. I don't love it like I love the first one. But honest to goodness, the only thing that it's guilty of is it not being as good as the first one. Mm-hmm. Like... Murray still gives quite a performance in there, like the supporting cast. Like, there's a ton of real, like the bit in the beginning of it where he's hosting World of the Psychics. There's a museum and a baby. That is all I remember about it. I think I've seen it once. Oh, there's there's this great bit where like he's he hosts a show called World of the the World of the Psychics, and like he has two people telling him about the end of the world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just has nothing to do with ghosts or ghosts, but and but it's. It's hysterical. Murray. It's it's brilliant. Um, uh, really, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna reenact the film if we don't yeah, we don't stop we'll talking stop. about it. So, uh, Ghostbusters, 1984. Watch it, and thank you for listening to Parental Guidance Suggested. I'm Jane Ellen, and I'm Adam Cravens. You've been listening to Parental Guidance Suggested. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.